hello there um i think i need to be quiet because it's like 12 30 in the morning 12 30 a.m and everybody's asleep except me so here we are okay so what i'm gonna talk about today um so recently i finished a thousand splendid sons by khaled husseini and by recently i mean quite literally a few hours ago i'll be giving my unasked for thoughts and opinion uh, and opinions thank you very much like i always do you know what's new um first i want to say how much i truly love this book at first i was scared to read it honestly because i knew it was gonna break my old ticker right here and i just knew i wanted like I just knew it was gonna hurt. I knew the hurt was coming, but I really did want to read it. I've just heard so many good things, and I saw this one specific quote that I can't remember anymore that was like very great. So here we are. Fun fact it was my birthday recently. So when my friends asked me what I wanted, I thought it was fate. So I asked for this book. So, moral of the story is the stars aligned, and here we are. Um, <laughs> so, it's really out of like all the books I've read this year this was my favorite um like 140 pages in i know exactly because i remember telling one of my friends that i was only 140 pages in this is irrelevant i don't know why i'm talking about this anyways i knew i was going to give it a five star rating it was so good just 140 pages in starting like with the writing style first um i loved it so freaking much let me be frank here i am an idiot okay okay let's backtrack a little i'm not an idiot not really but i can be quite dense sometimes so books that are easy to read are like completely fun by me send them my way it's part of the reason why i read rom-coms mostly but the other part being is that i am a crybaby and i was reminded of that fact very clearly when throughout this book i cried like four separate times um it was wonderful thank you very much um, you know what? I did need the escape, though. I needed I needed a, an excuse to cry. I haven't had a good cry in a while, so I guess this was good for my health. So, in the end, it worked out. Okay, so while the writing style is simple, it it like it doesn't mean that it's it's not simple in the way where it has no substance, where the story felt like it was just trying to get it over with instead of like developing it properly, like. No, this book was beautifully written. I enjoyed it as much as it broke my heart. Um, oh, I should have done this earlier, but haha, here we are. So I'm going to give a quick overview of, overview of the novel, and then I'm going to go more in depth. But I'm only going to be talking about the first part of the book, because while writing what I wanted to say, I realized that I am going way too in depth, and that writing about all four parts is probably going to be impossible because it's gonna be like maybe an hour long and um, I can't put anyone through that. Like I can barely put myself through that. There's no need for anybody else. Um, so a quick overview. And obviously if you wanna avoid spoilers, I don't know why you're listening to this in the first place. So enjoy getting burned or get, at, uh, get the heck out of here. Okay, moving on. So the story follows two Afghan women, Maryam and Leila, throughout Afghan history from the Soviet invasion to life post-Taliban. And um, I think this also nearing 9-11. So not only do we get a look at Afghan history, but we also see the struggles and the people who were truly affected most by all these like all these things that happened throughout their throughout Afghan history, who were the women and children. We see Maryam being married off at 15 and Leila 
having to marry at around the same age due to reputation and honor. Uh, we'll get to exactly what. Well, I'll gloss over it a little bit at the end. Um, so two things that are very valued in the Muslim community are reputation and honor for reasons that are beyond me. Oh, to be clear, I am Muslim. So like, I'm not just talking out of my ass like I do on most things. On this, I have firsthand experience. So part one of this book, as I've mentioned before, it's it has four parts. Um, part one follows Maryam growing up and shows us... Um, her throughout the first bit of her marriage to Rashid, who was 45 when she was 15, which is when they got married, by the way. So, um, anyways, so Maryam lived in a Koba. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. For the first 15 years of her life. So it's basically just a house made of dirt and it's it's relatively small. Um, She lived there with her mother, who had been sullied by life, in my opinion. She was very bitter. Um... Moving on. <laughs> Maryam is um, an, illegitimate, an illegitimate child born out of wedlock. Now, the horror, I know. Um, so them being Muslims, this was a very, very big deal, by the way, in like, this kind of community. This would be construed as a very, very big deal. Not only are they like within a Muslim community, but also this was like what? In the... What was this? Like 70s? 60s? Something along those lines. It was like... Yeah. Anyways... Her father, being an awful man, decided to hide them instead of claiming Maryam as his own child. Why, you ask? Why else? To save his reputation. (laughs) He is a man who already had three wives, and the embarrassment and shaming all of them would have faced was apparently too much. So they hid the child, and he only saw her, like, once a week for, like, an hour or two. Of course, Maryam being a child, and, like, she couldn't clearly see that this was an unfair treatment and that he was you know, not great, um, worshipped the ground her father walked on. She was completely oblivious to how true, how truly awful he was. Honestly, like, so was I. So, the book, um, in the first part is through Maryam's eyes. Like, the book is, um, isn't in first person, so it's not like we're completely, like, not seeing it or anything like that, but we, we, we're meant to see what she sees and feel what she sees. So, the flaws in Jalil, Jalil, her father, that's his name, um, were invisible to us, the reader, as well. I just think of it as in a way of, like, you know, because we were seeing what she was seeing, as in, it wasn't, like, an, a completely disconnected third-person narrator. Like, it was, like, the narrator was, there wasn't really a narrator. Like, the third-person view was just seeing it through a third person. It wasn't, like, with eyes and ears and all that. We were seeing exactly what she was seeing. You know, we were, it, it, it was just told in a different way. I, I hope, I, I feel like you get what I'm trying to say, but I'm just not getting what I'm trying to say. So, um, yeah. So, like, even with her mother's constant, like, putting down of her father, she, um, what's it called? We still saw him the way Maryam saw him, you know, a caring person. Like, even, like, even in the beginning, um, when he only what's it called when he showed up a little when he did all this i think it was only when i saw how he reacted when Medium asked to um go to the cinema is when i truly was like oh my god he is awful we'll go over that more in a second literally in a second okay um while the love for jadil 
like showed through so much throughout the throughout the first part. The resentment for Nana, uh, Mariam's mom, only grew. Mariam's mother, honestly, in my opinion, is no worse than her father. She fed her and clothed her, but that was about it. Like same for her, like her father, he fed her, he he clothed her, you know, like. But that was the extent of what he what he'd done and the extent of what her mother had done in my opinion um the same way her father manipulated her with presents and sweet nothings her mother manipulated her with status i don't i don't know if i mentioned this but like her dad did like bring her presents when he came sometimes all this and that you know it was just like like oh yeah see i this is i love you here's a necklace like i don't know and it worked on her for a while but we'll again we'll go over that a little bit later so being an illegitimate child shit it was ingrained into Miriam's mind that, like, no one will love her other than her mother. Her mom repeated this to her multiple times. And the list of awful things that she said to Miriam is so long, to be honest. But the most notable, or the one that's, like, sticking out in my mind right now the most, um, is when she called her worthless. And then she followed it with a bunch of other, like, awful things that you should never say to your child. And then ended the whole little spiel with, I love you. The, oh my god, Miriam, she saw all of this so clearly, the mistreatment, you know, she was like, she, she, there was resentment towards her mother, you could see it very clearly that she did not feel the same way she felt to Jadil, her father, to her mother, um, but, um, when her mother passes, she starts seeing her completely differently. And I think that's shifted because of the way, when she passed, she also saw her father completely differently. But she saw him, she didn't see him completely differently because she passed. She saw him completely differently because of her visit. Or I guess she saw her mom completely differently too because of the visit. I don't know. We'll go over it now. So, what's the word? Um, so let's skip forward a little bit. So for Miriam's birthday, she asked to see the, th the cinema that her father owned. Um, her father promised her and said he'd be by at noon tomorrow. And the next day he comes and it's like, the next day comes and it's 1 p.m. and he's still not there. So Miriam decides to go to his house instead of wait for him. The driver opens the door and tells her he's on business. Like, oh, did I mention he's loaded? Anyways. So, <laughs> hearing this, she says she'll wait, she'll wait till he comes back. They won't let her in the house, so she waits outside. She sleeps outside in the fucking cold all night and turns, and, and like, in the end, turns out, like, the next day, she wakes up and turns out her fucking father was inside. He just didn't want her to come in. He couldn't risk walking around with his illegitimate child and risk ruining his precious reputation, have people look at him as an adulterer, a sinner, which he was, by the way. So, like, you know, he couldn't take her to the cinema because of this reason. So he just pretended like he was on business. So he let his child sleep in the fucking cold outside on the fucking floor. <sighs> Anyways, once she saw him, like, in the, in the window, like, those rose-colored glasses of hers, like, broke. She saw the insincerity in all his actions. And she said she finally saw, she said herself, like, in the book it was mentioned, that she finally saw, she saw him through Nana's eyes. Who, by the way, before she went, like, um, to, like, she was begging Mariam not to go. Which I think it was because she thought if he took her and announced her as her daughter, as his daughter publicly, that he would take Mariam to his house and then she would like start living there. Now, two things. 
I don't know if she wanted her to go. She didn't want her to go out of spite. You know, because of the whole, if I can't have it, no one can. Or if it was, like, because of... Because of... Because in her own twisted way of showing it, she loved Medium and didn't want to lose her. I don't know, but I guess something, like, slipped, something cracked, I don't know, for Nana. And as Medium was coming back to her house, she found out that her mother had killed herself. Because of this, she had to go live with her father, but the fucker apparently claim, couldn't claim her even then, even when she was, even, like, literally her mother died and he was the only person she had left. So he let her stay with her for, like, what, a week before they forced her into a marriage. Um, backpedaling a little bit, Medium, okay, because her mom was begging her to not go, you know, Medium sees this as, like, she took this as, like, she did this because of her. Like, her, she killed herself because of her. She took on that guilt. And, um, oh my god, I didn't even mention Fezbollah yet. Um, this, like, his, this mullah, okay, who was, like, um, it basically just, like, um, I guess the equivalent of, like, a reverend? I don't know, he's a, a religious figure, okay? Um, what's it called? Who was, who was the one who taught her Quran? And he was, like, he was a friend to her. He was very nice. He was telling her how it's not her fault, all this and that. But obviously, like, she was riddled with guilt. There was nothing she could do to alleviate that from her. So, what's the word? So she went on with her life, living with this guilt. And her father just instead of all this instead of like trying to relieve her pain which was very clear on her he fucking oh my god marries her off she was forced into this completely the the four of them him and his three wives ambush her and tell her that oh this is a really great opportunity you're at prime marrying age this and that that and this and it's just like i don't know it was like very awful this was the first time I cried when I was reading, like, when I read those scenes of them, like, trying to convince her to get married and then the actual marriage, that was the first time I cried. Reading this book. First of four. Or maybe more, honestly. But, <laughs> yeah, anyways. Um, I don't know. So, what was I saying? Lost track, lost track. Oh my god. <laughs> okay so now in the book he seemed like in the book it seemed like he was being pushed into this like he was he he himself was being forced into forcing his child to being married off but oh my god just to be clear he could have stopped it you know um what's the word he made it seem like he was pushed pushed into this but if he seriously truly wanted to he could have stopped it in islam your guardian has to consent to the union it was in his hands but he made it seem like he had no choice like he was the one about to be married off to a 45 year old fucking monster oh and it's like he it's like he also it's like it's like he meant to put the blame on his wives while i'm sure i'm sure 100 like they did play a big part in her getting married off um again if he wanted to stop it he could have it reminded me of like the first thing i highlighted in this book it was mentioned very early on like this little quote it's probably one of my favorite quotes of all time now 
Um, it goes, learn this now and learn it well, my daughter. Like a compass needle that points north, a man's accusing finger always finds a woman. Always. You remember that, Miriam. It's very, very great. Truly. Anyways, I think I am have that tattooed somewhere. <laughs> um, not really. Um, because, okay, there's no need to get into that too much. Anyways, um, I digress. Again, losing train of thought. Oh my god. Nearing the end of the first part, we see the beginning of her relationship with Rashid. Um, in the beginning, he puts on this facade that he's this sweet, religious, traditional man, but very clearly, he is not. While, again, we're seeing it through Maryam's eyes, who thinks, who seems to think Rashid is decent at first. Or at least, you know, she seems to... Like, there was no mention of complete malice. You know, she hated the situation, but she never showed that she hated him specifically. Um, or maybe she was just incontent, or I don't know what it truly was, but it wasn't deep-seated hatred, like we see later on. Um, when she says that, um, I feel like this was specifically shown when she says something about the present that he got her, he got her like a shawl or something. Um, she says that it's a true present, not like the ones Jadil gave her. Now, when I read this, like... Ugh, it irked me. And I made a little note in my book, and I said, what was it? Like, he's not any better? Because truly, he wasn't any better. Um, he, again, he was using these things. He was trying to manipulate her into thinking he was someone he is most certainly not. And it was very clear from the beginning that this was not him. This was a facade. I could clearly see it, and I have seen it. I have seen it multiple times with, um... Married couple, I've married couples I've seen here where during the engagement or the first parts of their marriage they act a certain way, but suddenly when they're officially married, like the everything changes. I don't know, it just seemed like that to me. It never seemed as if he was like, you know, um, we could see that it wasn't going to be good from the beginning, like we as readers, like that he wasn't going to be good. He was a 45-year-old man marrying a 15-year-old girl. Yes, I know, like, there are people will say that, oh, this was a different time, blah, blah. I don't care. I will still blame him. I don't care if it was common. I don't care if it was socially acceptable back then. I do not care. I hated him before we saw his real claws, not the painted ones. And I will hate him till my grave, just like I will hate her father for giving her away. Who, by the way, said that she was at marrying age. Well, not him. I think one of his wives said this. Anyways, even though he had two other daughters, also aged 15. So these liars can just... I don't know what he can... I don't know what they can, but they can. Anyways, uh, I think I've made my point. Um, so when she told him off before she left, I was so proud, by the way. Let me tell you. Like, genuinely... Like, these things needed to be said. I was, like, kind of... I was expecting her to just go without a word. Or maybe, like, a thing... Uh, like, a simple thing. But the way she said it and then the way she held her ground... Very much... It was deserved. It was needed. Oh, my God. Okay, I've been telling her so much. I'm almost done, I swear. I'm only doing the first part. Um, wait. What was I saying? No. Okay. Wait, I'm freaking out. Wait, why am I... Okay. So... Um, so she, once she started, like, doing, like, chores around the house, all this and that, she walks into his room and she starts snooping. I mean, I would be curious, too, so I get it. So she opens one of his drawers, she first finds a gun, um, yeah, 
and <laughs> I feel like I've made my feelings clear with the the pause and the yeah. Um, and then she finds porn magazines. Now, when she said that that was what it was, well, she didn't say specifically, but she was like she she said pictures with women not wearing anything, blah blah blah. When she when this was said in the book, I was so infuriated, and it just kept increasing with each new mention of this awful excuse for a human being. Like this was like. Like, I had already hated him from the beginning, and then this turned it up a notch, and then each time, the notches kept going up. And I was like, wow, there really is no end to my fury, but here we are. Okay, so, right before she found this, Rashid was talking about honor this, modesty that. He was saying things about being traditional, or, like, being different at, uh, uh, being different, like, different from these men who, like, did, like, were, like, letting their wives run amok this and that um something along those lines he was like saying oh my god these women were coming into my store and like showing me their feet to get sized what is this what are we living in this day and age like seriously he was like he was like this is craziness i'm a shoemaker and women came in my store to get their feet sized isn't that crazy what the fuck anyways oh my god I am getting too excited. It's 1 a.m. at this point. It is 1 a.m. 12.45 to be specific. Anyways. What was I saying? Yeah. So something along those lines. But the gist was that he was like, quote, unquote, a traditional Muslim man. He led on to make it seem like he followed every line of scripture to the T. But here, here, like here we see porn magazines. Mm, okay, Mr. Traditional Muslim Man. The Quran states that men must avert their their gaze away from women. But here, Rashid was looking at porn magazines. Not only looking at women, but women like who were completely undressed. And, okay, listen. I Don't get me wrong. I have no problem with people who do not follow every rule in the book. I myself don't. So I am not going to pass judgment on people who don't, who don't follow certain things or follow very loosely um because i myself don't follow everything in the book and follow very loosely so i am not gonna sit here and pass judgment to people but to be oh okay (laughs) song choice no (laughs) anyways um who's i so so sorry anyways it's just but to like to sit there and pass judgment and act like you're above or better than other people like you're fucking holier than thou like when you yourself are no better or even worse that is so fucking maddening it is so infuriating when people act like they are so superior when they themselves do awful things and he just kept like his list of say at of sins kept increasing as the book went on like he is not a representation of a proper muslim man like he but he wants to let let it like he wants to let on like this and that it's just infuriating truly infuriating and he's one of those men who feel like He makes it seem like the rules only apply, like, oh my god, like the rules only apply to women, and that he can pick and choose, but also wants the world to think that he doesn't pick and choose. It's very annoying. Anyways, 
Oh, I should mention that this book does have mentions of rape. So if that is a triggering topic, um, stop here and like just I don't really suggest reading this book. Um, also, subjects of domestic abuse and violence in general are mentioned. So if okay, so if any of these specific topics would be triggering, um, I do not suggest reading this book. Um, and continuing with what I'm about to say, because I will be mentioning um, some of the domestic abuse that she had to endure. Um, so after a while, Mediam gets pregnant. Um, she's happy, she's excited, and she, she can't wait to meet her baby. She talks repeatedly about how much love she feels for this baby. And one thing in this book is that there is so much for foreshadowing and not not as much misdirection, but there was an instance of misdirection or two in the book. So the foreshadowing on this book was crazy. Specifically, like, it's one of those books that has that, oh my god, that's what, that's what that was about feeling, you know? Like, when at certain parts you read it and you're just like, hmm, interesting. And then later on you read it and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, so when Miriam says... She says, I'm paraphrasing here, but she says something along the lines of like, I hope God doesn't take away her blessing, meaning her baby. Like she doesn't want this feeling to go away. Um, later on, we find out that she miscarries. After that, Rashid changes com changes towards her completely. Like it's, I don't know, it was slow. It was like, it wasn't big things like right away, but he did start acting differently. You know, he, um, he started insulting her on things like small things this and that and then it started with the violence you know um he began like like honestly some of the things i've read were so cruel and made me so sick to my stomach like the incident with the pebbles um when, to clarify, it was when he made her chew on them and compared them to, like, the rice she made and, like, in the process, made, like, broke two of her molars. Oh, my God. Honestly, it only gets, like, more and more intense and more and more frequent. And um, here is when we see, this, like, the start of this happening. We see Rashid's mask come off. He starts acting how he truly is um i didn't mention this before but when she was snooping through his room she saw a picture of his old wife who had passed and um his first wife and um she says she saw something in the body language again with the foreshadowing um i wrote like in the margins so he's only gonna get worse i didn't know how specifically but i knew something was going to go down with him but you know um she said that in her body language she seemed like he had a hand on her shoulder and she seemed to be inching away from him she was like as if she was trying to like shrug, shrug him off so you know she was like like that kind of body language doesn't like seems like it's you're trying to get away from this person not really as in like this is like he's a great person and i'm you know anyways she miscarries, I think, about around seven times, which that alone, I can't even imagine how traumatic that was for her, especially going, she's, you know, going through this cycle each time, and each time, he made her feel like it was her fault, when she was like, I, like, even though we didn't, like, read 
through her feelings through each time it was only mentioned that she had been around like that this had happened multiple times but through like her first like her first miscarriage we see how much love she held for the baby before it was even born how much she she wanted this and then for her to go through this seven times i can't imagine how traumatic that must feel and for him to add that to her to make her feel like it was her fault and oh my god her being her being brought up by her mother who had told her that she had only one task, one duty, and that when she wanted to go to school, she had told her that like there was no point to it because she had one task. She believed it too. Maryam believed what she was saying because her mother had ingrained this into her. She believed that she had wronged him by not being able to provide a child. And truly that broke my heart. Like she like it was like she felt this too. Like it wasn't something she felt that this was she bared this guilt, not only this guilt, but all the guilt from her past to this. She kept bearing it on her soul, and it's just, Maryam, oh my god, she was a woman who endured. Her mother had told her this. She ingrained it in her, that they must endure whatever life threw, threw at them. So she never complained, and she did as she was told, even after, like, all of this kept happening to her, all this mistreatment, this unfairness, this unjustness, and she just she thought something completely out of her control was her own doing and i don't know if that meant she thought she deserved this treatment or not it's mentioned throughout the book that medium was a woman who endured you know like i said but i don't know she never complained she just did as she was told <sighs> she did until she had to do something until she had to take action dun 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 <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with these dramatics because like obviously if you've read this book which is probably why best you know if you're listening to this um you know Maryam kills Rashid but I just I just wanted the drama for a minute my dun 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 was my version of drama I hope you enjoyed that anyways um that's all thanks um for tuning in <laughs> I'm gonna hit the hay um, no, I'm gonna study first. Oh, I'm in college now. Last thing I posted, I wasn't in college. I was, it was summer. Um, I have officially started college. It's great so far. Having a great time. Um, what's the word? Very adult of me. I'm also 18. I said that already, that my birthday passed. Yep. Anyways, that's it. Fun times. Um, yeah, that's all. Bye-bye now. <laughs>